Hello, nerds. It's me, your internet friend, Tony Sindelar. Uh, welcome back to the Incomparables TV coverage of Batman, the animated series, uh, as we're calling this podcast sometimes, in some, in some places, Batman <laughs> University, a as yet not accredited institution of higher education. Uh, but that doesn't mean you're not going to learn something. Uh, so you've probably tuned in for future episodes. The premise, me, Tony Sindelar, your buddy. Uh, I bring on a not random guest, a handpicked guest, to not talk about a random episode, but a episode picked by my guest uh, that is uh, significant to them. Maybe it's their favorite episode or an important episode from the wonderful Batman animated series from the early 90s. Uh, my guest today, uh, you may know her from uh, Less Than or Equal on the Relay Network or her uh, many appearances across the incomparable network of shows, uh, Aline Sims. Hi, Aline. Hello, Tony. Hello, nerds. <laughs> the nerds all say hello. I assume. Yeah, sure I can't hear you, nerds, but I just, I just assume that that's, that's what you do. If I was listening to a podcast and someone said hello, nerds, I would have to at least whisper quietly to myself, hello, nerd. Right. Uh, absolutely. So, uh, Aline, can you tell me a little bit about, I know you recently, uh, I don't know if you completed, but you're in the progress process of watching all of the Batman animated series. Mm -hmm. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what does Batman or the Batman animated series mean to you? Is this something that you have watched previously or discovered more recently uh, in life? Uh, and if you have any, you know, how that connects to how you feel about the character of Batman. So my history with comics in general, with Batman and comics in general, is, is kind of the same. Uh, growing up, I never felt like comics were for me, and I didn't really have access to them. I grew up in a really rural area. There were no... Like, there wasn't a store where I could go and just flip through them and see what was up and, you know, the latest issues. It just didn't exist. Uh, but my mom watched Batman the Animated Series when I was growing up. She watched the X-Men. She watched, uh, I'm trying to think, like, Darkwing Duck was more my speed. But, you know, so my yeah. mom was the one who was watching all this stuff. And Batman would come on and be like, ugh, you know. And then... Uh, the the incomparable uh, spearheaded by you and your handpicked list of episodes actually was the catalyst for me watching the entire series in I think about three weeks. Uh, so <laughs> thanks for that, Tony. <laughs> that's that. I mean, I'm not. I'm trying to not do the math in my head, but that's, that's a, lot a lot of episodes of Batman per day, even right. Like that's more than yeah. one a day. Oh yeah, get, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I recently finished watching kind of the main. Batman animated series, but I did that over the course of months. <laughs> so, yeah, um, you know, uh, watching an episode here and there uh, a couple times a week. So three weeks is uh, that's a pretty good sprint. Um, we would <laughs> we watched, you know, probably at least one episode a day. Uh, we may have skipped a day or two. And then there were some days where it was like half a season. So <laughs> we, we went through it pretty quickly. Living life. Yes. Um, Nice. We, you had to pick an episode and there's already, there's a bunch of episodes that have been previously picked from Incomparable 296 and the previous guests on this podcast project. And the episode you picked, uh, which is a great pick, it, it almost made it onto my list for the Incomparable 296 for uh, top 10 episodes. And maybe I kind of felt like it probably, in terms of if I was trying to pick the 10 best, it, it would be on there. I was a little bit going for like range of topics and range mm -hmm. of, of kind of thematic uh, types of episodes when I put together my top 10. So maybe it's not my top 10, but it's like my showcase 10 instead of <laughs> top. Uh, but the episode you picked, which is great, is uh, Shadow of the Bat, which is a two-parter. 
Uh, so it's another two-parter. That's right. People can come on this podcast. They can actually pick two episodes if they're smart. Uh, the rules for this podcast are super flexible. That's how we do things here. Just <laughs> well, like justice. Makes, <laughs> flexible justice. I think it makes sense to do it that way, though, because, I mean, you, if you only watch one of a two-parter, then you're just kind of hanging and... Just waiting for that next person yeah. to come back and be like, yeah, I really like the second part. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> the first part was crap, but the second part was pretty, pretty awesome. So uh, I will tell people uh, now that we're going to get into uh, a lot of details about Shadow of the Bat. Uh, so if you want to have watched that episode recently before you hear those details, now would be a good time to pause and go find it. Uh, you can get it on Amazon streaming on, on Amazon Prime is probably the most convenient place. Uh, I own all the DVDs. So that is an option you can do, too. They're still available. Uh, go check that out because we're about to get into details. What I'll tell you now, here's your little promo without too much spoilers. This is the Batgirl introduction episode. Mm hmm. I don't think that's a huge spoiler. No. Um, I almost kind of wonder why her name is not in the title, given so many of the other episodes like immediately clue you into which villain or other major Batman character is going to be in the title. But her name is not. Um, for for I, I, I'm not sure entirely why, except, the, I mean, Shadow of the Bat sounds like a cool name for something. Mm. But uh, I think they could have easily just said, like, Batgirl is here. <laughs> so, But I don't get to name episodes of cartoons, so I'm not qualified. It's just- um, tragic really so aline do you want to talk a little bit about why you chose this episode well i kind of think the genesis of it was i was watching the animated series and i was like messaging you like i was like i need an outlet and so in slack i would just send you messages whether you were online or not about my thoughts about whatever episode i was in like you know wtf or or whatever and um and I think I don't I don't remember exactly how it happened, but I got to Shadow of the Bat and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm really I really like this. And you had kind of told me that you were thinking about doing this this run of podcasts. And so I was trying to keep in mind what I might like to watch to talk about. And when Batgirl was introduced, I was like, yeah, that's like this is an episode I can definitely talk about because uh Batgirl is introduced like finally we have a superhero who is a woman in the Batman you know show you know we've got Catwoman but Catwoman is is of uh dubious morals and loyalties yeah Yeah. (laughs) I mean Catwoman is definitely sometimes a hero but she doesn't get a lot of hero moments in the Batman animated series, right? Um, yeah, and I would I would say because my exposure to Batman is primarily through a few of the movies, um, not even all of the movies because some of them were just I couldn't, and and oh. this, like I haven't I haven't read any Batman comics or I haven't read Justice League or you know I just I'm not really super clued into Batman. So what I know of Catwoman is from like Michelle Pfeiffer and this series mm-hmm. um so it's like in in from my perspective it's always you know no matter what she's doing she's definitely out for herself whereas mm-hmm. i feel like a superhero is you know they definitely don't want to die type thing <laughs> but but they're in it for the altruism and the like we're gonna make the world better thing yeah they should have some self uh selfless selflessness and cat Catwoman is pretty selfish. Not always, yeah. but frequently, right? Yes, yeah. Um, so I, I think that's definitely probably the, the big reason to go out and check out this episode or give it a rewatch is it's the finally the introduction of Batgirl, uh, who's 
you know, I think a pretty great character and a, and a, a much needed character in, in this mm-hmm. series. And, and it is a lot of fun. Um, I think it also helps that like, this is a pretty good episode, uh, two-parter episode in, in terms of how it's constructed and uh, kind of the setting of it in the Batman universe. And, um, you know, there's not a lot of uh, continuity across um, Batman, the animated series episodes, but this one I think does works pretty well. If you've seen a bunch of episodes in terms of who some of the other characters are and how they act and, and what that tells you about them and, you know, and how that's consistent with what we've seen before. Um, and it's got even, you know, I mean, some, some of the episodes have very uh, simple plots. Uh, this one I would say is, is even slightly more uh, complicated compared to uh, some of the other ones and, and kind of maybe even borrows from kind of like uh, film noir uh, plots where you're not entirely sure what's going on and, you know, who the different bad guys are and who's working with who. And, you know, clearly there's some people up to no good, but what are they up to? Um, that, that I think works especially well in this one. Um, I don't know. This one is a, this shadow of the bat really stands out as a really strong episode to me. Probably should have been my top 10. Sorry. Top 10 list. Well, I thought your top 10 list though, I thought achieved its, its, its purpose, right? It was, a wide range of characters with different kinds of plot lines. And that seems like was your intent. Um, If it hadn't been on there, the episode I would have wanted to talk about would have been the one with Harley Quinn and uh, Poison Ivy, because I mean, hands down, I, I might just start watching that once a week because I just (laughs) think that that's such a great episode, but this is, this is definitely, I think like you were saying in terms of like plot complexity and characterization of people uh this is probably one the best if not one of the best you know yeah so uh let's let's jump into this episode a little bit in terms of uh uh, what we saw in it and what we liked in it. Uh, so to to give you a, a little bit of a um, a recap for people who are looking for that, um, this episode is the the the, the episode that introduced uh, Batgirl, and the way that we uh, that Barbara Gordon takes on the mantle of Batgirl is her father, Commissioner Gordon, gets set up, um, and basically she first uh, kind of dons her uh, dons an outfit to basically impersonate Batman at a, a rally to support Commissioner Gordon. And then some bad stuff happens and she basically decides like it I'm I'm it's not enough to just kind of <laughs> impersonate Batman for public appearance uh uh needs. Uh Gotham needs an an, an additional hero, uh, and that's gonna be me. And this this episode has kind of a neat plot where there's basically a uh deputy commissioner, this guy named Gil Mason, and he is basically set he has framed uh Commissioner Gordon and the episode slowly unspools as we find out who he's working for. Um, and there's there's a lot of uh, kind of bit appearances by characters we've seen a bunch throughout the uh, the Batman anime series. So Commissioner Gordon's here a bunch. We see other uh, cops that have made uh, appearances, like uh, I think Montoya's just in the background. Bullock gets a couple lines. Um, Rupert Thorne is in the episode for like a couple minutes, and you kind of think it's going to be about him, and then it's not. And then Two Faces here a bunch, uh, which you know, if if you were familiar with kind of the past history between uh, Two Face and Rupert Thorne, that's kind of like an added layer of to the story, which is nice because they they basically are longstanding rivals because Rupert Thorne basically was responsible for Harvey Dent becoming Two Face, and now they're kind of competing gangsters, um, and it's kind of got this uh, you know the premise of uh, Two Face basically arranges for somebody to become deputy commissioner who's on his payroll and is engineering that person's rise through the ranks in Gotham politics 
to help his criminal enterprise, which is kind of neat. You know, I, I, that's a somewhat sophisticated uh, plot for a kid's animated show. Uh, it reminded me a little bit about the uh, – there's a famous uh, Hong Kong uh, action movie, uh, Infernal Affairs, uh, that was later basically kind of heavily borrowed from uh, for the – the famous movie that departed where, you know, the, the mafia plants somebody in the, the, uh, the police and has him rise up through the ranks so that they have someone on the inside. Um, and I mean, that was, you know, I'm sure that is a, a, I don't know if it's a common, but a, a, a story that has been used in other uh, noir type uh, settings, but uh, I'd never seen it in a cartoon before. <laughs> and this was probably my first introduction to that kind of uh, story and com- complexity. And, you know, it's not just that we have like a crooked cop, but like somebody that uh, is really like totally a plant uh, for the, uh, the organized crime. Jerk face. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gil Mason, they, they do not set us up to like him uh, very much. He is, he's a creep. He is interested in Barbara, but also, framing her father so that he will go away to jail for forever and like make, make sure that commissioner Gordon knows that at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, he is not painted in such a great light. Um, he does not seem like he's an upstanding individual. Well, he's definitely in it for power, right? It, it doesn't seem like his motivation. I mean, sure. Maybe it's money, but it, it seems like, like many of the villains in Batman, he he's more interested in having power than he is in having money. It mm-hmm. seems like often, you know, the schemes are just a way to elevate status mm-hmm. uh, or or to, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> a, a, lot of, a lot of Batman villains are out for, like, specific vengeance against right. institutions or its people. Um, not, I guess it's, I guess it's all the people working for them that just need the money, right? Right. <laughs> that's, how the, that's how the economy works, they're, I guess. They're definitely motivated by the money, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, we have this kind of progression uh, as as Barbara Gordon, but, you know, uh, becomes uh, Batgirl and uh, she kind of crosses paths with Robin uh, kind of a few times, which um, doesn't uh, d- doesn't always go very well. He should, they, Robin and Batman are not really looking to uh, welcome new crime fighters into the uh, into the, into the club. Yeah. Um, and there's that. That's a little rough, right? Because, uh, like, I feel like as the viewer, we're kind of rooting for Barbara Gordon right from the get-go. Um, well, and she's so capable, too. I mean, so she's got this background of being, you know, a, a very serious gymnast. I don't know if if we know how serious, but at the very least, like, collegiate-level performance. Um, and... You know, so so she's got flexibility and she's got, um, you know, good reflexes and, and like these things that are very uh, beneficial to being a, a superhero. Right. But she doesn't have like this weapons training or uh, like at one point, you know, Batman hands her is, I don't know, the gun with the. Uh, grappling hook on yeah. it so she can like go up like so so we have batman and robin who have for years trained to be superheroes right they they've trained with weaponry they've done you know uh, throughout the series we see kind of the different quests and journeys that bruce has taken to to train and become a capable vigilante um but barbara gordon is a gymnast who holds her own with these two trained men and that's pretty dang cool 
Mm-hmm. I like. I think one of my favorite scenes is uh, when basically Barbara Gordon is onto Gil Mason and Robin is also onto Gil Mason, and they basically both end up on the same rooftop across the street from his swanky apartment to like uh, monitor him or you know just stake out the surroundings. So they, which is just kind of funny. It's like a you know like they both meet on the rooftop because that's where superheroes meet up. Of um, course, you know that's the that's the workplace is up on the rooftops. Mm-hmm. Um, so they both meet there, and Robin's grumpy about that, and Barbara's not too thrilled to see him either because they they cross paths kind of uh, at least briefly in the the fight at the the uh, the rally, but then so the, you know he gets a phone call, and uh, Robin has like the fancy like uh, remote uh, microphone gizmo that he's using to listen to Gil Mason on the phone call like way across the alley. And Barbara has binoculars. So they each get like half the clue where basically Robin gets to listen in on the phone call and Barbara sees through the binoculars what he writes down on the pad of paper. So it was kind of like a nice way of kind of, even though like Robin's got the training and the much fancier gadget, like they both get the information they need to to go after him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I thought that was like a nice way of doing that. What I was a little disappointed in is that then they, they end up at basically like an abandoned subway station and there's a couple uh, goons hanging around and Robin kind of picks them off one by one. And we find out that, uh, that, that uh, Mason has been called to the uh, subway station by two face. Who's got Batman who's undercover uh, and basically just wants to know, you know, do you know if this guy's a cop or not before we kill him? Um, What I was kind of disappointed by is that basically Robin and, and Batgirl are sneaking up and they have Batgirl get tripped to kind of set yeah. off a fight. I, that was a little disappointing because it kind of, I mean, you know, she gets tripped by a goon, but it, it kind of makes her look clumsy and uh, inexperienced when like, I liked it more than the idea that like, she is probably not super tough in a fight and doesn't have all the fancy gadgets, but you'd think like she was, should be like really agile and, and kind of graceful and like that, that she wouldn't have too many issues there. So I was a little disappointed in that as like a plot point for what spurs the action at that point. Um, yeah, I agree with that. And there's, I don't know, there's some other, like, it's weird. The treatment of women in the series is, uh, on the one hand, I always think, oh, wow, this is this is really, really great. Like, Catwoman is, is by and large treated like an equal, like an adversary, you know, St. Poison Ar- Ivy, Harley Quinn. Like, like these women are, uh, until Barbara, really, every woman we're introduced to her every you know prominent secondary character is someone who is assumed to be capable and dangerous um which is kind of what you want in a villain right (laughs) is is someone who's gonna gonna cause harm somehow and but there are a couple of times throughout the series and in this um in this and these two episodes specifically where you know Robin sees uh sees like the first appearance of Batgirl and he's like a girl? Yes. Yes. Dude, why why are you surprised that women can be capable of doing things? It was really weird. Yeah. It and it you know, part of what makes it I think kind of so stark is I mean, I think one of the good things about Batman the Anime Series is we don't get a Batman origin. It's just assumed you know Batman's origin. We also never really get a – I mean, we get a Robin origin through flashbacks. Mm -hmm. But we meet Robin 
when he's already like trained and knows how to do the job, right? So it's rough that we kind of have this episode about like this is Batgirl's first day on the job. We never get a version of that for Batman and Robin, or at least never the same way, right? So it's right. it's rough that like here's the character who we're going to see kind of like bumbling around and uh, and you know trying to trying to figure things out. Um, you know, we get little glances of that with Batman, but not really. There's never an episode that's like that's the focus. Let's sh- let's show you how many times Batman screwed up on the first week on the job. Yeah, yeah. What was his first fight really like? The the other thing that kind of cracked me up was in that same sequence during the rally. Uh, you know, so Batman and and Barbara have met, and Batman is like, "No, I'm not going to show up at the rally." And Barbara's like, "Oh, yes, you are, whether it's you or not." And so I was picturing her in, uh, you know, the Halloween costumes that they have that are like padded so that the guys who have like a beer belly can mm-hmm. look like they're actually like Superman or Batman have, you know, the abs molded in and the biceps and, uh, and, you know, the cape and all of that. And I was like, did she just run to the corner store and pick up one of those things? And we see her, you know, flying through the air and all of that. And then at the end, like throwing, like discarding all of this padding, just like. You know, reaching into her boot and pulling out, I don't know. The lifts and stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty hilarious. I like that part. Uh, I also like how, I mean, she does pretty handily in that fight where she manages to, like, pull down the huge, uh, like, uh, banner. And it, it nicely falls right yeah. onto the, the the car with the drive-by shooters. And, and then they're all crashed. And, and she does pretty well. Um, you know, she makes some mistakes. But uh, pretty pretty good right out of the uh, the gate there. It, it was weird. the 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 what the different characters choose to do uh, is a little weird in this episode too. I mean, there's I think Robin spends an extended period of time basically just being like grumpy at Gil Mason before he sets off on his his own. There's also one of the things that stri- struck me as being a little weird uh, in this episode. We have a lot of where Barbara Gordon kind of talks to herself uh, because she doesn't have an Alfred or a sidekick. Mm-hmm. Um, it's she it's a little awkward. Bear, though. She has the teddy bear. There's one scene where she talks to the teddy bear, and that was, uh, I think, significantly less awkward than the number of lines that she just addressed <laughs> to, like, you know, the, the air slash the camera. Yeah. Um, which really reinforces how important like Alfred is for Batman to have someone to talk to when he's in his cave doing, getting ready to fight crime. Right. Cause otherwise he would just be talking to himself too. Cause it's kind of weird. Um, you know, I mean, I think it, it's a kind of, it's necessary as a, as a, a, a narrative mechanic. Uh, but it struck me how awkward it is um, in terms of the number of times where, you know, something happens and people walk away from her. You will be there or, right, yeah. you know, there's, there's a lot of those. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. I talk to myself, but definitely not to that extent. So, yeah, um, you know, I, I, I watched the, uh, the first part and then took a little break uh, and then went back to the, the second part. And it really struck me just like how much is crammed into that first episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there's so many characters, right? We get Barbara uh, becoming Batgirl. We get Robin and Batman because we don't always get Robin. Uh, we get Two-Face and Rupert Thorne. Uh, and I, I thought there was even like a little bit of, I was, you know, we get the idea that Gil Mason is, is a jerk. Um, but I was curious, was he going to be tied to uh, Two-Face or Rupert Thorne? And uh, Rupert Thorne doesn't really come back. Um, but we get a lot with, uh, we also get a lot, which is my favorite, is when Batman actually does detective stuff. Um, yes. And we get him doing his disguises. And you have Kevin Conroy doing a slightly different voice when he's the, the Matches Malone character. And he oh, goes he's to the, amazing. Yeah, like I his, like that. He's just awesome. 
and he's hanging out in the the shady pool hall. That that's a reoccurring location uh, in Batman the Animated Series. Uh, it's, it seems to be the place that criminals hang out because um, there's multiple times where uh, different characters end up there. Yeah, and he's reading the lips on the 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 thug who's having a phone conversation with. Uh, uh, I forget if he's talking to Harvey Dent or Gil, Gil Mason, but that, you know, it's fun when he actually does just uh, detective work and, and goes undercover and does disguises. Uh, and it's kind of a nice way of like, uh, you know, this is still an episode with a lot of Batman, but it's fun that we can have a, a decent amount of Batman where he's in disguise as another person that allows you to kind of have more focus on Batgirl um, as opposed to like there are scenes with Batgirl. And then there are also scenes with Batman off being Batman. Like, the, you know, for much of the first episode, she is the bat superhero in this. Um, so, yeah. Which is nice because I think it really helps establish her as someone to be taken seriously. Like she's not out there again. She's not out there taking orders. She's shown to be, capable maybe not perfect but definitely capable and able to hold her own in these very um intense adrenaline filled scenarios Mm -hmm. and the the second half of this uh two-parter has a lot of pretty dramatic um action scenes uh some of which really get to feature uh uh batgirl uh you know the the there's a they they go to this abandoned uh, subway station and there's the fight with uh two faces uh crew and then they are basically trapped in the subway station and two face in kind of a, this is like ridiculous cartoon comic book logic like two face has a little remote in his his like uh, briefcase that he is apparently pre-rigged to basically flood the tunnel in the subway whenever he needs to it's like uh, you just gotta you know, have that handy very specific set of circumstances he's prepared for uh but there's this extended sequence where the, the tunnels are getting flooded and Batgirl saves Robin who gets like washed away and then they're trying to get out and only Batgirl is able to get out and Batman and Robin are going to spend like a bunch of the episodes stuck in the tunnel, uh, which basically kind of like puts them off the board so that Batgirl has to be doing stuff. Uh, and But then the dramatic sequence where they uh, basically kind of take a uh, abandoned subway car and... Uh, ram a wall through the tunnel so that they can get out uh, is a pretty dramatic action sequence that definitely stuck with me from seeing it as a kid to many years later. Um, and then there's even more like they, they basically, they all, they, they arrive at the, um, the docks where, you know, it's not enough to frame commissioner Gordon. Then you, he gets sent to jail. Then you break him out of jail. Insane. Not really sure how that works as a plot. There's also, there is a ridiculous line at one point where Batman is like, I should have known it was Two-Face because it was a two-part plan. And I was like, I think the plan actually has a lot more than two parts. <laughs> no, Tony, no, it's the two. It's just, it's just two. two. It's two. I was like, I don't, I mean, I feel like a lot of villains probably have a plan with more than one part. So, I, you know, don't beat yourself up too bad about that one, Batman. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, um, so they, they, bust commissioner gordon out of jail uh, and it's there is so ham-fisted when they do that you know yeah thorn doesn't leave his whatever's you know <laughs> but and i was just like yeah that's that's way too heavy-handed and obvious well harvey bullock is not you know that's true subtlety might be lost on him there that's is a, a very uh, unfortunate visual right before he gets busted out of jail where harvey Ugh. bullock is eating a slice of pizza uh and he's eating it backward which i found like that, that you know what that fits what, everything I know about Harvey Bullock. 
but why would you eat a slice of pizza backward? Uh, that it, just looks weird. And it's got he has this huge thing of mozzarella like on his all over him. Gut, yeah. It was. Uh, he is. I, I almost want to say the least compelling character of the series, but that might not be true. But he's just like. When he's on the screen, I don't really take it as seriously just because he's so over the top. He is very buffoonish. Right? Like, like he's I, a little he he's a little I mean, there are a couple places where they, they expand on him, which I think is neat, but he is so consistently one note that uh, yeah. it's yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> not, I mean not a lot of range to him. Yeah, I mean I'm talking about him being like like this and like this is a series with the Joker and, and I'm like no this is the character that I really don't like all that much and I think you know like you're just not supposed to like it like the amount of times yeah, we see him true. and he's eating something messily or you know being uh, a jerk to his actually competent co-workers or uh, saying something you know sexist or creepy or just being incompetent is they're very it's very uh infrequent that we see him presented uh in a in a even neutral light that's true <laughs> that is true there is one uh episode i kind of like that is uh, I, th- I believe the name of the episode is like a bullet for for bullock and it is basically just a harvey bullock episode uh that's actually pretty amusing and kind of interesting that kind of shows that you know despite his many many flaws he's probably an okay at his job detective guy um uh, but he's not well liked yeah <laughs> so. and if i'm remembering that episode correctly or you know somewhere throughout the series it's been kind of shown that like he's he's really he's a detective because he wants to do the right thing kind of like the superhero thing like he wants to make the city safer he's not doing it for glory he's doing it because he feels very passionately about making gotham safer mm-hmm. and he's also he's kind of um because it you know especially this version of commissioner gordon is super pro Batman, right? Uh, we were basically introduced to, I mean, Commissioner Gordon and Batman are like a team, and he's got the bat signal right from the get-go in the Batman animated series. Like, they're a team, and Harvey Bullock is basically kind of the voice for, like, I don't trust this guy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, vigilantes aren't aren't, aren't okay. Uh, you know, he's not part of the police. He's, he's Maybe he's part of the problem. Um, because they, that's not, I mean, that is a thread in a lot of other Batman stories that is not played up very much in the Batman anime series. It seems like the police and uh, the government of Gotham is pretty okay with Batman in this setting. Uh, but, but so Harvey Bullock is kind of the lone dissenter of that in presenting that voice, um, which I think is important because that is a frequent uh, theme in Batman, other Batman comics and stories is that like, not everybody is a hundred percent on board with the idea of mass vigilantes running around uh, solving problems and maybe creating other problems along the way. Weird. You know, like totally may- weird. maybe they shouldn't use a subway car to blow a giant hole in a tunnel and flood part of Gotham. Like that's not, you know, you know. I see nothing. Whose insurance, whose insurance right. covers this? <laughs> Sudden huge donation from Wayne enterprises. Yeah. Weird. How does that always happen? A new subway system for the warehouse district. So they, they, that crazy sequence happens, and we have the kind of culminating uh, action sequence where they're at the docks for some reason. They've got Commissioner Gordon. Their plan is now, I guess, again, it's, it seems like more than two parts. Um, and I'm not entirely I, sure why they want to do it, but it's not enough to just frame him. They have to 
frame him and then make it seem like Rupert Thorne broke him out. And then I think they're planning to like execute him. Right. Right. And Barbara shows up and uh, basically uh, rescues her dad. And then uh, Batman and Robin show up to help deal with the, uh, the others. And there's kind of a neat uh, action sequence where um, I guess Robin is basically in charge of protecting commissioner Gordon. Batman's going to take on uh, two face and, uh, Batgirl is going to go after uh, Gil Mason, who uh, hops in a boat and she grabs a rope and she's like being t- towed by the boat and they end up at whatever the Gotham equivalent of um, the Statue of Liberty is. Um, and and but and, and he finds out her identity and that goes poorly for him <laughs> um, and the boat explodes. But she swings to safety, uh, kind of comic book style, conveniently saving him. But also he's in a coma, so he can never divulge her identity. Um, yeah, I wondered, is is that a forever coma? Does he wake from, up from that and not remember, like, the last five to ten minutes before he went into the coma? Like, they, You know, it, that that I thought was a little awkward of a plot point, because I think they wanted that reveal where he pulls off her mask and gets to be shocked that it, it's, it is her. Um, but they also didn't want to deal with the continuity complexities and didn't want to kill someone because they try to be, they don't kill people very, uh, very often. So that felt a little weak in terms of like, yeah, he's in a coma. Don't worry about that. That probably right. won't be an issue. Um, but Forever. I don't know. It didn't bother me a ton, but I definitely did note that that was like, oh, that's extremely convenient. The thing that bothers me about kind of all of these things is, Okay, so I know that I know that Batman's voice is slightly different from Bruce Wayne's voice. Okay, fine. Like he 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 does some things so that it won't be recognized, even though it's totally recognizable. Uh, Dick does not change his voice at all when he's Robin. Also, his like he does not wear a full cowl. He right. just wears a little like domino mask. Yeah, and yeah. his hair's out and whatever. And I was thinking. Uh, you know, like Barbara Gordon, when she's in her costume, like that very distinctive red hair is sticking out the back and she rescues her father and talks to him in her day to day voice. And he has no idea. And it's like, do you, do you talk on the phone when she's away at college or do you have to like, like, how can you not recognize that this is your child? Well, I'm prepared. I'm prepared to offer some headcanon to help. Okay, um, but I agree that all of your criticisms are super legit. Uh, it's the same with Superman and Clark Kent. Like, I just don't. Oh, he no, that's slouches awful. and wears glasses. Okay, <laughs> yeah, he's also like, look at his shoulders, people. Come on, right, right. Um, uh, well, I think if you really wanted to not worry about that question, um, I mean, part of it, we don't, Batgirl doesn't spend a lot of time out, right? Because she's, she's uh, at least not a super frequently re- recurring hero. Um, and she's probably in the distance, and it's dark. And in this particular instance where she's interacting with Commissioner Gordon, who should probably recognize his only daughter, mm-hmm. um, he has just been abducted from jail. It's been a shock. So he is probably in shock. Maybe he's even experiencing some temporary hearing loss from the explosion. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe his glasses are filthy, caked with dust. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I would say that maybe he is not, uh, he is less than 100% aware of his surroundings and is therefore does not recognize his own daughter, who is the exact same height, hair, <laughs> and voice of Great. 
and ice uh, the yeah. child that he has raised for uh you know 19 to 20 19 years. 20 yeah <laughs> yeah okay head canon That's, accepted that that is exceptionally generous of you um <laughs> you know reluctantly but yeah dick grayson uh as uh as robin that does seem like a problem uh you know, especially his costume is much less uh, kind of urban camouflage as, mm-hmm. you know, disappear into the shadows. Much more uh, spandex, much more. Yeah. yeah. A lot, lot of bright colors. Uh, I mean, I think it probably helps that uh, Dick Grayson is probably not nearly as public a figure as Bruce Wayne, right? Like Bruce Wayne's probably in the tabloids every week and Dick Grayson, not so much. He's just a college student who is having his education uh, graciously founded by the Wayne Foundation. Um so maybe he is not as public a figure, but yeah, you still think somebody would like notice them mm-hmm. side by side. Um, there's also some of that, like how many people are super are kind of in the know, but don't have the means to kind of verify it or it would be awkward because they do. I mean, for example, they have the little conversation at the end where commissioner Gordon's like, he's freed from jail and he's walking up the steps and he says like, Batgirl's girls, a okay with me. And it's like, you know, again, you know, they Gotham Police Department, they're just, they need as many they vigilantes need help, as right. they get. Yeah. It's like, you should really, really talk to the guys, like somebody, the mayor, make sure that you're not going to get in trouble. Um, you just got, you just got your name cleared. Try not to get <laughs> into new political heat here. Uh, and we have the funny uh, thing where Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson in their civilian clothes are standing nearby and Barbara is standing right next to them. And it's, uh, you know, maybe I should go back and rewatch that closely because uh, it seems like they're probably hip to what's going on, right? I don't know. It's it's that tricky thing of who's talking to who and, yeah. and who's talking to the camera. Because Barbara Gordon says something like super conspicuous, uh, but maybe only we, the listeners, hear it, right? Um, but does she know that they're Batman? and Or does she just think they're just two, two idle rich dudes with the similar physique chatting about Batman as uh, you do in Gotham? On the stairs. Um, just on the stairs. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I do think so. I I think that at least in this this particular series, I think Commissioner Gordon figures it out because there is later the episode where she's having kind of this this crisis of conscience, and she's like, "I need to tell him. Like, what if something happens to me and he finds out? Like, because I'm in a coma, you know." And um, <laughs> much like other people in the series, and so uh, and so she's like, "I need to tell him." And, you know, that that episode kind of resolves with her saying, I need to tell you a thing. And he's like, I don't need to hear it. And in my head, that's that's kind of his his kind of tacit acknowledgement that he understands what she's doing. Um, but he doesn't want to flat it here. Like he hasn't reached that level of acceptance yet, but he knows. That seems reasonable to me. I like seeing determined women, I think. And so watching her do this because it's very much like me she's just like i'm gonna do what i want like this is a thing that needs to happen and so i'm gonna do it and that's how i've been my entire life um (laughs) for better or for worse um so that really resonated with me just like seeing that this was her genesis she decided to do this it wasn't like robin you know kind of being thrown into this thing she had agency and she had a choice Mm -hmm. to start doing this and i think that that's really important it's a really important thing to see and and she doesn't come to it because she's you know she's scarred or she's vengeful or 
or whatever it's it's because you know well her father but you know it's because this is a thing that she believes in it's a choice that she's made and mm-hmm. i think that's pretty pretty excellent yeah i mean she doesn't have a horrible thing that has pushed her in this direction i think there is a little bit of the i forget how much we see it in batman the animated series but in other versions uh there's i think there's the idea that like she would like to be a cop uh but her father is not okay with that so then she becomes basically kind of a vigilante uh instead which is weird because that actually that seems like way riskier and way less like legit like dangerous and and uh you know maybe not a choice i would make but you know i'm not a vigilante not yet um but 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 yeah she is she's she she doesn't have you know even even robin who uh, has the the dark past of how his parents have been murdered and it's nice when there is a character that is not just like driven by vengeance Mm -hmm. um and, you know, I mean, I think if you enjoy uh, Batgirl uh, or any of the listeners enjoy Batgirl, the uh, the Batgirl uh, New 52 series, uh, I have been reading it and I really enjoy it. Uh, I forget if I've talked about it before on uh, this Batman University podcast. I've definitely talked about it on other podcasts. Uh, but the premise is uh, Batgirl is enrolled in graduate school for library science. Uh, she lives in Burnside, which is like like across the river from Gotham. It's kind of like Brooklyn to, New, uh, to Manhattan. And she has lots of cool hip friends and she's going to school. And, but there's, there's crime because life is complicated and she's got to help out her friends and uh, keep her neighborhood safe and uh, fun stuff happens. And it's, it's just, it's a really fun uh, comic. It's, I, I like a lot of these comics that are like set in the Gotham world, but not, a, not so much about Batman. There's a lot of Batman out there. You can read. that's mm. all about Batman. There's like, you know, there's at least three monthly titles about Batman and frequently more than that, uh, depending on what DC is doing. So it's nice that there's some titles that are like in the universe that don't have to be just about Batman. So, uh, you might enjoy the, the, the Batgirl series. Um, they're, they're fun. Um, they're not quite as good as Ms. Marvel. I really like Ms. Marvel, which is I did too. a similarly themed. But if you're looking for your maybe your your next level, um, they they might they they might fit that need. Uh, if you've read all the Ms. Marvel there is and are waiting for the next hit, um, that, that might fill okay. in the gap. Uh, yeah, I I mean I think it's I wish we got more of her. Um, I think she, she's really fun, and you know it helps that she, you know this version. This is one of the lighter versions of Batman out there, but mm-hmm. he's still pretty grim and stern. It's and it's, yeah, and she's such a contrast to that. Um, and I I wish there were more. I mean, like I feel like I can write like a million Batgirl stories in my head. I mean, like they would be great if there was an uh, an episode or maybe there's a comic like this because in the show, uh, Barbara and um uh dick are uh they're college students at the same school right so there could totally be like uh, an, a, a story about where they're dealing with some crime at their college and maybe they have to like solve it out of costume as civilians and are ca- kind of bumping into each other and not realizing that the other is actually a legit superhero see it writes we, itself wait wait we could just rewrite nancy drew and the hardy boys as just add cape just add capes people right right as as batgirl and robin but not always in their uh superhero attire because it's a little conspicuous sometimes and they've got a uh maybe they even learn some undercover skills from bruce like you know she puts on a fake fake mustache sometimes and it tricks everybody like you you never know yeah i i liked his uh ridiculous matches malone uh outfit um <laughs> And his kind of slight, slightly different uh, voice that he does for the character. Yeah. Um, but he's. I also like. 
I mean, again, kind of, uh, you know, I guess I was, I was too unfair because we do have, I was focused on like the way uh, Batgirl gets tripped and that kind of sets up the whole fight. But we do have earlier in the same, uh, in the same sequence here, you know, Batman goes undercover as matches Malone. He goes to the, the CD pool hall and he follows the two-faced thug back to the hideout. And he climbs up onto the, the ledge of the third story and goes in through the window and gets electrocuted and zapped and collapsed. That's true. And he gets, you know, he is, he loses a coin flip and he's going to get killed. Um, thankfully when you lose a coin flip and get killed uh, by two-face, he waits to verify your identity with the deputy police commissioner. So, uh, <laughs> you don't die right away. Um, but you know, we should be fair. Like Batman, Batman kind of screws up in this episode. I think I forgot about it cause he's undercover as, uh, the slub ma- uh, matches Malone, but you know, everybody has their, uh, their moment of foolishness or, you know, or bad luck in this episode. Robin gets washed away. Batgirl trips. Batman gets, uh, electrocuted. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, I did lose a little bit of faith in Harvey Dent. Like, okay, Harvey Dent, former district attorney, super intelligent man, like best friend to Bruce Wayne, and you don't recognize him. Like, I don't know if it's the conflicting personalities making faces hard to recognize or, you know, once again, I'm like, that little mustache, does that really, like this man who is your best friend for... I don't know, as far as I know, years and years and years, and he's got, you know, kind of a thicker, you know, New York style accent on, and, and that makes him completely unrecognizable. Come on, Harvey. You gotta you gotta step up your game. Although he's it's, pretty distracted. Pretty it's distracted. It's just it's that good a disguise. Um, <laughs> you're not expecting it's also it's about context, right? Is Bruce That's Wayne true. gonna gonna sneak in through your third story window? Probably not. Uh-oh. That's so. true. Um, see, I'm, I've got a headcanon for it. I, I'm coming to you when I need help because <laughs> well, you've got it down. I'm trying. I'm trying real hard <laughs> to make this all make sense because um, I want it to so badly. Um, well, but at the end of the day, how many, I mean, honestly, how many cartoons, I mean, superhero franchises in general and really animated like cartoons specifically always make sense all the time. Like you've just, you've got cartoon logic. That's just... Yeah. That's how it is. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, I think we've said a bunch about this episode. Are there other things that we should touch on related to this episode or to Batgirl or Batman the Animated Series? Um, I don't think so. There is, I don't remember the name, but I have thought of, um, in season four or mm-hmm. the new adventures, um, there is an episode that's almost entirely women. It's got Harley, Poison Ivy, Supergirl, comes makes a crossover appearance and oh. Batgirl in it. And uh that one is I, I liked it. I just there was there were a lot of, of women solving problems. So I thought that was a good thing. I will look forward to doing that because I'm just starting my rewatch. By the time this airs I may have listened to it listeners so you can you can yell at me about stuff that that happens in that. Uh but I'll be all caught up. I know I'm I'm a fake Batman completionist where I I really focus on the first couple seasons and not the that extra season. So I've got that to look forward to. That sounds fun. Um, I did not even know that Supergirl ever appeared yeah. in the series. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, I don't know. I it, There's kind of a weird uh, gradient continuity from Batman the Animated Series to the new adventures to Justice League uh, and Justice League Unlimited. And Supergirl appears uh, in several Justice League Unlimited uh, episodes. Or maybe it's just Justice League also. Uh, but she's she's a lot of fun in those. So, cool. And I kind of thought that's what they were trying to do. Is like, oh, hey, you know, this, you know, crossover episodes. Like, hey, there's this other thing. If you like this character, you can go check that out. So, yeah. 
they definitely, and part of it was like what they were doing, but with the new Batman adventures, they definitely kind of like, the, the world gets a lot bigger, right? We, we've got uh, Superman crossovers and we, we pull in some uh, kind of fringier DC characters that um, uh, make the world seem a lot bigger than it, uh, it did in the first couple seasons. Yeah. So. For sure. Cool. Well, Aline, I'd like to thank you for uh, for joining us here at uh, Batman uh, University and picking such a great episode uh, to talk about. Uh, if listeners uh, are not already familiar with all your works, they should check out Less Than or Equal uh, or, or look for all your other appearances on uh, the Incomparable Network, especially you're in, you're in a lot of the game show uh, related ones and you've got uh, <laughs> your own game show. Uh, can you remind me the, the name of the game show? I listened uh, to it. I just forget the name. Intro Vocabulum. It's yeah. uh, not... Password. Yeah, I wanted to avoid any trademark issues there. <laughs> so it's like, I know you do, what it's, it's not password. Yeah, I was like, I know what it's not called. <laughs> so it's not that. Um, cool. Well, thank you so much for uh, for being here. Thanks um, for having me on. Yeah. On the next episode, Guy English and I uh, discuss the episode, Love is a Croc.